Now we've got a, a slightly different morning, uh, not having a preach or a teach as such, but uh, talk, we want to talk about something that is super important that we are doing as a church. And uh, there are threads of uh, story that will come through and some of it might even bounce out of what Brandon was just sharing in, in terms of the importance of story. But coming up on the 21st of June, uh, we are doing a showing for The Last Daughter. And uh, this is a film that Brandon has produced with uh, Simon from C3 Adelaide Hills, well, actually Parkside, I should say. Uh, he's the uh, location pastor there with his wife, Georgia. And it's not something we are doing uh, because we like Brandon and we want to support Brandon. It's not like his... <laughs> they appreciate it. Uh, it wasn't something that Brandon came bashing down the door uh, three months ago and, said, and held us to ransom and said, you must do this screening, you must do this thing. Uh, it's something that we are doing uh, and partnering with what Brandon and Simon and the rest of the, uh, and name blank, is it Brenda? Yeah, Brenda, yes, it's it's behind me. Uh, and Brenda's story. Uh, and the, so there's kind of two parts to it that we'll get into. There's the story, and for us as a church, being engaged in the story and participating in the story. The other part is this is an opportunity for us creating something outside of Sunday morning service or uh, dinner parties to bring people to that is not uh, church. It's not a barrier that they might uh, possibly have in their mind. Uh, it's a super easy invite for your friends, your family, your colleagues to say, come come to this movie. Tickets are $15. And from the last time I went to the movies, that's actually cheaper than you typically pay. Uh, adult ticket was like 20 to $25, depending if it was like regular screening or the big screen and 3D or not, maybe it goes a bit more. So we're actually subsidizing the tickets to keep it a consistent, easy, affordable $15. So easy for you and easy invite to bring people along. Um, I'm just, that's the extent of what I can do off the top of my head. Um, so uh, 6.30 for a 7 o'clock start. Uh, we will be doing Q&A with one of the producers from the film. Um, it's quite exciting. Uh, we have the great privilege of that producer coming uh, and spending that evening with us. Uh, and he'll be up here shortly to talk about some of the themes and uh, why this is so important for us. Uh, the tickets uh, will be available in the next couple of days exclusively through our website. Um and, and links through socials as well. Uh, the reason for that is we are pre-selling the tickets. It's not something that will be ticketed through uh, Hoyts, so at Hoyts Norwood, uh, for those of you who might not have seen it behind me. Uh, so the next couple of days, those tickets will be available. Uh, cool. So it's an amazing uh, movie. It's not just, like I said, it's uh, there's this kind of joke they have with Brendan about his year 12 assignment where he was, uh, <laughs> Kirsty's laughing. Uh, some of these uh, people were part of, uh, I wasn't there, but the, the story goes that in Brendan's year 12 film assignment, uh, he was trying to like render or download it or like export it ready for play after some final edits, like half an hour before the start time or at the start time. 
So the team were, oh, sorry, friends and family were going around on the limo, like, and I just keep driving around the block, keep driving around the block. The, the movie's not ready. This is ready. This this has been shown. I've had the privilege of seeing it um, at the, it was the Adelaide Film Festival, right? That's the name of the festival. Uh, and so it's something that is amazing, high-quality, award-winning. Uh, so there are many reasons to see it and to invite people uh, so that opportunity to invite people. Uh, so put it in your calendar. You have permission. I mean, not that we ever don't, but ha- have your phone out to to plug it into your calendar app. Uh, stick it in for Wednesday the twenty first. And we. So that's kind of some of the practical stuff. But now we're actually going to watch the trailer and dig into a little bit more about the film. I've never shared this story, and I don't think anyone's heard it like this before. When my little girl was only two and a half. We talked adoption. I said, oh, it'll be hard, but it'll be worth it. She says, this is Brenda. I can live that moment forever, even if I get to be 200 years old. When we got married, we were so happy. I had seven children, and the whole seven of them were taken. But we knew in our hearts that we'd get them back. When I came back to my black family, I felt like I was intruding in on their family. I knew I had fragmented memories of a little white sister. I had to get answers. I had to go back. You're straight, Brenda. That's the place where we were deemed neglected children. When I went back into my welfare files, it just didn't add up. I started getting more flashbacks, more memories. I said to her, make sure that when you get older, you come and find us. And she said, I will, I will. I realised that there was a deeper love there that nothing could take away. Suddenly, I received this letter. What? We thought we were the heroes, but we would end up being the villains. They were lied to, and we were lied to. I'm sharing truth on both sides of the story. In our culture, that's what we did. We shared stories. I just like to prove that this Aboriginal lady was a good mother. I looked after her. We were just hoping to get back some of the history that we'd lost with her. Together, we can find a way to the real truth. The true history of this country has not been told. I had to focus on the love. I'm just reflecting my father and mother. Black and white. very cool uh so i'm gonna invite brendan to the stage and if i could please get assistance with these chairs bring these up thank you thank you thanks for having me incidentally the trailer also won an award for best trailer in the asia pacific trailer awards which i didn't know was a thing 
<laughs> so there'd be like Until a tr- trucking competition. The people who made the trailer yeah. apparently entered into a award, an award, and then we saw on socials that we won the Asia Pacific Award. <laughs> cool. Good job. I don't know why I was thumbsing up Ashley. You didn't make the trailer. But good job to you. <laughs> what are your contributions? Was. So uh, tell us the, the other awards have been one, one of them flashed up on the screen. Right. So Yeah, so in the trailer is the Audience Award for the Adelaide Film Festival. Yep. Um, and then uh, when we were road tripping to Brisbane, I got a call from Brenda in the evening when we were staying in some dingy motel. <laughs> and she, she says, oh, are you sleeping? I was like, nah. She goes, oh, I just, just called to tell you that we won. Won what? So, oh, the 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 award. What award? <laughs> For the Gold Coast Film Festival. I was like, oh, are you at the awards now? She goes, yeah, yeah. They 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 got in touch with me and they were like, you, we really want you to be at the award. That's always the sign. <laughs> if the festival is getting in touch with you and they're like, are you going to be there at the awards ceremony? That's when you know you're going to get me there because you want something. <laughs> and she says, it's the we won the best Australian film. And I was like, do you mean best documentary she said no best australian film Name. which is the one like the category that um the drover's wife won last year wow. um whoever's in the drover's i haven't seen it <laughs> uh, so it's a good award <laughs> yeah you didn't so, see that movie but it's a good one and then we're in we're in competition in um the asia some asia pacific awards and then there's also uh we'll be playing in sydney film festival next week um, or oh, th- this week now, Sunday, um, and we're in competition there. So what I keep telling people is Sydney Film Festival, there's a documentary award which we're in competition for. If you win that, yeah. touch wood, then you become eligible to be nominated for an Academy Award, which is like, you know, there's a lot of steps in between down then. <laughs> and it's not even, so my dad was like trying to do, drill down into the details. He's like, so did, so you'll be nominated for an Academy Award? I said, no, dad, it means you're eligible. You can't just nominate any movie for an Academy Award. You're eligible to be nominated yeah. for an Academy Award. So it's like, you know, and we haven't won that award yet. <laughs> so there's a lot of steps in between there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, what, what, would be reasons to watch this movie. Let's start with that. Um, you saw the trailer. Saw the trailer. Good trailer. I trailer. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, when we first heard about the story, uh, it struck us as a new way of talking about the stolen generation. Many people, me included, felt like, "Oh, this is something that I'm supposed to know about." or like sort of know about, but Brenda's story, she talked about a white family that felt like their experience was also losing a child. Yeah. They'd put an application in for an adoption. They thought they were adopting this little girl, welcomed her into their family, and then she was taken from them. Mm. And so it's um, a quite unique um, entry point into something which... you know, it's like a very common story, not just Brenda's story. Yeah, it's not just one experience. There's right. multiple parts to the story that we can all connect to. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think just that entry point and it being a, a story with two sides and we tell both sides of the story, um, I think it's like, it's also just 
I, you know, it's a good movie. Yes. I've just seen it like you say yes, yes, to a hundred and fifty times or whatever. Yeah. So it's it's a great story and it's a good cry as well. So. Yeah, you know how like sometimes it can be a bit cathartic and cleansing to have a good cry. Well, bring your tissues to the cinema, um, but at the same time, it's not just it's not a sto- it's not it's not a film that's going to leave you feeling just devastated or guilty or full of shame. It actually is also equally filled with hope and hope for healing. Yep. That is the journey that Brenda went on. Is a journey of healing, reconnection, and and as she says in the trailer, I had to focus on the love, the love that was there from both sides, mother and father, black and white. And uh, this it doesn't necessarily uh, it's not overt in the movie. It's not a Christian movie. It's but um, for context, uh, and this might not, might not see in other forms necessarily, but. Brenda is a Christian. Uh, her uh, her dad was a pastor, and so you know it kind of adds this other element. You know, when we think, well, we trust pastors, and then all of a sudden you saw in the trailer their kids are taken away from them. Yeah, uh, this couple doing ministry and leading a church. Right. Um, Can I just then, just on that into because this is like these are questions that bounce around in my mind. I don't know what it's like for you in your line of work, but for me, you know. The, some of the questions we wrestle with is like, how do you how do you make a movie? How do you tell stories that honor God? And and how do I use my work to honor God and um, do what I'm called to do? And um, there's a couple of things that bounce around in my head when I wrestle with the question of like, what is a Christian movie? Because I don't. Sometimes people say, is that a Christian movie? I say, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what you mean by that. J. John once said. Christian is the most powerful noun and the most terrible adjective. Yeah. Because if you got Christian music, it's like to be a Christian, it's like you're redeemed, you're saved, you're set free. Yeah. Powerful noun. As an adjective, if you add it to something else to describe it, it's just that thing, but worse. It's like Christian music. It's just like regular music, but worse. Or Christian books. It's like a, it's like a book, but it's just a bad book, you know? <laughs> And so, like Christian movies, that, that's that's the one thing that bounced around in my head. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that bounced around in my head is um, Paul Scanlon, who came and did a leadership masterclass and talked about how the church should stop talking to Christians and start talking to people. And so, if we're going to tell a story, our endeavor is to tell a story that resonates with and comes from our worldview and is aligned to that, but is but is speaks to people. Not just not yes. Christians. Yeah, know? absolutely. Um, fully endorse that, and I think that, that Christian label has unfortunately come about through some some bad ones. Terrible movies. Really. You know, yeah, so, so I think I'd like it to be movies and things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'd like it to be an incognito yeah, Christian true. movie. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's more an encouragement for, for us. Uh, one, we know the producer, but also yeah. Uh, kind of the, the the next part is the the themes of the movie are very much about hope and healing and forgiveness and kind of going through that process and that story. So um, it's just really going back to the opportunity to invite people and bring people along. It's a really easy touch point movie, you know, fifteen dollars, twenty first of June, amazing story, 
um, a conversation starter. Uh, and we made you a trailer that you can send people. Yeah. And, and then it'll be shared on socials and you can tag people in it, all, all those things. So I've already, we were at James's birthday party yesterday and I just started inviting the dads, like <laughs> the other dads of the kids in his class. Because it is such an easy, it's like, oh, there's this movie and we're going to, you know, so just to give you some context, it'll be released on the 15th of June, yes. Australia wide. Uh, it'll be 55 screens. I think that's numbers growing now. But um, in Adelaide, the screens that are playing is like Event Cinemas Marion, Palace and Prospect, and Mitchum Wallace have just come on board as well. So we but none have, of those are close to us. We have the exclusive Eastern Adelaide screening yeah. uh, of The Last Order. Yeah. So it's so, so, adding to the reasons of why you should come exactly. and bring people to so That's why I was like, it's a super easy invite for me yeah. to be like, well, you know, you, you want to come see this movie. Oh, and also the church is ha- having a screening at yeah. Hoyts Norwood, um, which is, yeah, awesome. Eastern Suburbs for the win. So just to uh, unwind or go, go back a few steps um, about how you got involved in the project. So you, you mentioned what Brenda was trying to tell on the story. Um, yeah, how it all started, how you got involved and kind of how long, uh, it's kind of a few parts to the question, but how long that process is to get to this point where we're about to be, so we you, you're about to be released uh, Australia-wide next week, which is pretty amazing achievement. So I reckon it's like the whole story is a balance between the practical, literal things that happened and then the spirit moving as well. So um, we'd made a short film with uh, a director, Nathaniel Schmidt. He worked for a not-for-profit and then not-for-profit was looking for stories in this space. They were introduced to our cultural advisor and executive producer, Kyle Slab, who's a like a wise fella. Um, he's the one who told me the thing that I told you about earlier. Um, so introduced to him, he was close friends with Mark, Brenda's husband, uh, and they'd been paddling together for 20 years before Mark even met Brenda. So Mark's white and Carl's Aboriginal, and so they had been close friends. Mark married Brenda, found out about her story, then Carl was connected to this other mob. He says, oh, I reckon Brenda's story is pretty good. Nathaniel was working for them. We'd made a short film with Nathaniel. Nathaniel figures this could be bigger than just some yep. corporate video. Came to us and we said, that's an incredible story. We'll do what we can to help. Yep. And so we're just giving them advice over a number of years. Yep. And then uh, at some stage, I think I might have told this story in this context before, but um, at some stage it was raised with Brenda. Who do you want to, like th- they were not equipped to make a movie. Yeah. So they said, well, who, who do you want to produce your film, your life as a, as a story and film? Um, and Brenda said, oh, I reckon Brendan and Simon should do it. And Brenda's maiden name is Brenda Simon. And so she chose Brendan and Simon. <laughs> we always joke, like, it just felt right, you know? Yeah. Something about it just felt right. And actually, coincidentally, um, Brenda got married to Mark, whose name is Matthews. So she then became Brenda Matthews. She went from being Brenda Simon to Brenda Matthews. And of course, my wife's maiden name is Matthews. So, uh, sorry, so that didn't really give you any information. So, But we became the producers. From then, when, when you had a first conversation to now? So it was six years ago, six that years was. Ago. And then um, we shot the... So there'd been a lot of filming that had been done 
over years of just following Brenda around with yeah. the camera. And then um, we we were still advising at the point that the that the end scene in the movie mm-hmm. happens uh, in real time. And um, I won't spoil that. Yep. But but at the time, we were like, oh, I think this could end up being the end of the movie. So we should make sure they've got enough cameras and <laughs> sound stuff. And just, just as a bit of BTS, the, the sound guy arrived on set that day and just thought he was going to some sound gig. Yeah. And apparently they explained to him what was happening and that this was like, a culmination of 40 years in the making this scene that was going to happen in front of him and he's marking the people up and like his hands start to shake <laughs> and he gets really sweaty because he says like this is a really big deal isn't the, it it's like yeah, gravity of the moment yeah <laughs> that's right so um then at the beginning of last year we shot all the key interviews we did a little tour of the eastern mm-hmm. states and shot interviews with mac and connie the white parents yep. um nan the aboriginal mum and Brenda and Mark, and then they make up the backbone of the film. Um, then there's a whole bunch of reconstruction scenes from the 1970s that we shot, and they were all shot here in South Australia in June of last year. So we premiered in October, and we've been working on how do we get this out to the world since then. And so uh, tell us about that in terms of the, there's the theatrical release, um, but you're having uh, like we are doing uh hosting a, a private screening or a private open screening, um, hosting a screening yep. uh, for, for people to, to come to. And uh, you've got, when we talked yesterday, I, I thought the number was 800, but now it is over a thousand uh, screenings by what type of groups? It's like, it's, it could be individuals who just want to bring their family and friends. Uh, it, and, and that includes not just cinema bookings, but also people down the track organizing a screening in their own location yeah. but it's um yeah people wanted to bring their family friends like clubs community groups the government departments there's schools especially churches yeah. workplaces um is like in in lots of these contexts it the story resonates in different ways yeah. so people have find their own connection to the story um we've just done so it's just been national reconciliation week and so we did a little tour of Q and A screenings uh, in Brisbane and Melbourne and Adelaide, and so there's been a number of organisations that hosted screenings. Yep. Some of them were planning to host a screening anyway, and so we just decided, well, why don't we come along and do a Q and A and make it a bit special? Because in that context, we're asking and inviting them to then go away and take their own tribe, their own whatever community they're yep. connected in, take them on the journey as well. Um, so, so some of those groups were like, um, uh, key assets, which is like a foster care mm-hmm. agency have, have done one in Victoria and now are inquiring about other, other regions. Um, there's Anglican churches in Southern Queensland. The Salvos got on board and did one, um, Anglicare in, uh, South Australia, Lutheran care. Uh, there's like a Medi Health, which is a left field one. Um, and then also had some football clubs. Yeah. Tell us, so you you kind of had started with the Crows, how that that come about. So the, um, the guy who plays, uh, Brenda's dad in the reconstructions from the 1970s is the only Aboriginal actor we could find in the state with the right hairline for that role. 
So we got him, but he also happens to be the Aboriginal liaison for the Adelaide Crows. Go the Crows. And we've got any hardcore Port Power fans in the house today? Oh, sorry, Dan. That's tricky. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, he's, he's the Aboriginal liaison for the Crows uh, and also is the co-chair for Reconciliation South Australia. So uh, he connected us in with the Crows and uh, hosted a screening not last Tuesday, the Tuesday before, for the Crows, all the players and coaches and AFLW team and everything. Um, so they all came together and did that. And then during that screening, Mark, who is Brenda's husband and has probably 10 times whatever energy you could muster in a year inside him that comes out every minute, um, was up the back in the Q&A screening and just like stands up and yells, go to the Crows, go to the Crows. You can do it. Don't worry about last week. You got the premiership. You can do it. <laughs> they loved it. You know, they absolutely loved it. Um, so then we get invited to the chairman's event uh, on Sunday when the Crows played in the first Indigenous round. So they've been playing Indigenous rounds forever, but they've never won one. Um, so we got invited to the chairman's event, which is this very hobnobby kind of event where you watch the game after eating hors d'oeuvres and stuff. <laughs> Mark and Brenda are there and then they invite Mark and Brenda to go down to the change rooms before the game and the coach says in the rev up before the game guys this is the indigenous round we've never won one and Brenda's here with us and we saw her story on Tuesday night and we all carry that story now and so I'm going to ask Mark to come over and rev you up a bit <laughs> so Mark comes over and revs them up and then they go out and they won their first ever Indigenous round against the Brisbane Lions who have just had seven straight wins and everyone was like, they can't win against the Lions. So they won against the Lions um, and then, uh, and so I just take that to be like Brendan and Mark and the film screen is like a lucky charm for them. <laughs> uh, and then we were flying to Brisbane on the Monday uh, and we were on the plane with the Brisbane Lions who were coming home in their tail <laughs> between their legs. Uh, and then uh, later that day, we got an email and it's like uh, from the Brisbane Lions saying, we'd like to organise a screening of the last order. <laughs> Can you facilitate that? As long as it's not when they're playing Port next. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> that's right. So, so they didn't get the rev up in the wind. Yeah. So, and then that's uh, became, uh, that's kind of open doors. Like you had one with the Hawks as well uh, this week. Although the Lucky Charm didn't work for them on the weekend. <laughs> no, no, they got Apparently they did. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and then, uh, yeah, with, with other teams. So there's kind of this great story of, um, like we, we kind of skipped over it a bit, a little bit, all, all the things that came together to make the film, we used to talk about like the spirit moving through and kind of the connections and relationships. It's not a very linear story. Just like all of these things are kind of interdependent on each other. And, uh, and then the amazing opportunities, like one now, one door is kind of opening another, which becomes three because, and it's just this multiplying effect, which is pretty cool. Totally. It, at, at every sense, at every stage, we just had the sense that, this this story needs to be told and you can tell that there's just a power behind it that just keeps pushing it forward and opening doors and sometimes there's challenges and you're not sure which way it's going to move and how it's going to happen but just have this sense of faith i guess which is like it's going to happen yeah, yeah we're just going to wait we also skipped over the uh the six-year creative process to get to the culmination of a project right. but 
maybe some of us in our work life have been involved in like a six year long project, but it's a, a huge accomplishment. And I imagine it really has been a journey, I would say, to get to this point. Yeah, definitely. I think the creative process certainly this is our first feature film. So that's like something in and of itself. There's like a whole bunch of practical things, like budgets and qualifying Australian production expenditure that just bore you to tears. But the, I think the transformative part for me has been walking with Brenda. We didn't really have a, a strong connection to Aboriginal Australia before making this yep. film. And I think that in and of itself and um, having a deeper understanding of Aboriginal culture and people and um, connection to that has been, I think, life transforming yep. for me. Really special. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and so want to dig into some of the themes a little bit more. Um, and so you just said you've been walking with Brenda. And, uh, what would you say are some of the themes of the movie and what you've picked up from her, her life and the things that she and you have been wanting to communicate through through this movie? I think you've got at the core of the story is a woman who didn't know where she belonged because she didn't have a connection to two sets of parents. She felt disconnected from two families. So she'd been removed from her Aboriginal family at the age of two. So she doesn't remember them before that. Then she gets put in a white family and she develops a connection with them. Then she's removed from them and loses all contact with them. Then she gets reintroduced to her Aboriginal family. And so here you go, you're home now, make yourself at home. But she doesn't remember them. So she feels like an outsider with them. And so um, so then as an adult, she goes on this journey to go and figure out, well, who am I and where do I belong? And that idea of feeling out of place and disconnected uh, and lacking in belonging, I think is something that all of us can feel yeah. at some stage in our life, whether we recognize it as that or not. It's like lacking identity, you know? And so um, her journey of going to uncover her past to figure out who she is and heal from that past is one that I think all of us can embark on. You know, it's like she's like an example to us. You know, all of us can embark on our own healing journey in finding out who are we, what's our story, yeah, and uh, where where do I belong? Mm. And if you can find that sense of uh, belonging, then you're more likely to be. Um, kind of a balanced, well-put-together person. Yeah. Because I think Brenda sort of started to see that um, she had certain behaviors and reactions that were strange to her. She didn't realize why she was reacting. One of the th It's not in the film, but it's like one of the times Mark, her husband, said, oh, can you go, go off and like go get some from the shops or something? It was something yeah. really simple. And all of a sudden she feels all these like anxious feelings of um, he's sending me away. And for her, that was a link when she interrogated herself and thought about like, why, why, why do I feel that? She's thinking, she realized I, ha I feel abandoned. I have a, yeah. a feeling of abandonment from what happened to her earlier in her childhood. I think all of us carry, like Brenda even says, we all carry her. And we can all be healed. And we all have a story that connects us to this country. Yep. So that's like speaks to then the broader national identity. Yep. 
we all have a story that connects us to this country. And if we can find our place in that story and then find where we belong, then we can belong together. And uh, you, you said there was also a part where she's recognizing things about responsibility that she took upon herself to kind of seek out healing and seek out to kind of figure all these things out, not just to kind of dwell in where she was. Yeah, I'll try and do that without spoiling the uh, plot points. But basically the um, the system failed Brenda. Yeah. And so um, her response to that was why why would i why would i look to the system for healing uh why would i look to the system that did the hurt for healing i don't think it can provide that yep. so i have to take responsibility for myself and shoulder that responsibility to then go and f- go on my own healing journey and find the connection the healing and hope that I need. Does that answer the question? Yes. Um, I'm not, trying not to say more to that, thinking I might... Oh. Uh, no, 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 I might spoil a yeah, yeah. plot point as well. Uh, but there's healing and some of the Christian upbringing that kind of comes through uh, yeah, yeah. In, in that, like, as part of that journey that she goes on to. Yeah. Yes. Um, Brenda's dad being a pastor, and her mom also is ministering, but it's like back in those days, you know, that man's the pastor um so uh pop brenda's aboriginal dad recorded a whole bunch of tapes which i've had the privilege of listening to it's like you know 30 year old tapes um of this aboriginal man back in the does anyone not know what a tape is here (laughs) i think the the user across the road uh bailey and aaron have gone as well Uh, so at one stage we had to catalog we had to catalog the tapes to figure out like what's in here, what on what, what might be used. Yeah. And um, you know, just these incredible stories of him just like going around like he tells a story about going to his mum when she was really ill and like the spirit leading him to go and pray and bring healing and stuff. Yeah. He tells a story of his um his wife getting the gift of tongues and then like being so excited by having received the gift of tongues, she's just going around speaking in tongues everywhere and she's going into the shops and speaking in tongues and then the shopkeepers like, Oh, she she's Aboriginal, she must just be speaking in an Aboriginal language. I don't know what she's saying. <laughs> I mean these like incredible stories, like testimonies and there's like singing and so one of the things that made it into the film was a song that we found, which meant so much to Brenda growing up of her two Aboriginal parents singing an old gospel song called supper time, where it's about come home, come home. It's supper time. And the true meaning of that song, if you go and listen to like the Jim Reeves version or whatever, there's always a talking bit where he talks about how he loves the memory of his mum calling him home from the back porch for supper time. But that the truth of it is that all of us will be called home by a heavenly father in the end and we'll meet him in the portals of glory and we'll have the best supper time of all. And so that's like it's very incognito Christian movie. But when you hear that in the film, the voice of the father recorded many years ago singing, come home, come home at supper time is the essence of what Brenda wants to do with the film. All of us can become disconnected 
from our Heavenly Father. And, and when we're disconnected from that, we don't know who we are. We don't know who He is. We don't know who we are. But if we can call people home and say, come home, come home to the table, reconnect with your parents, reconnect with your Heavenly Father, know who you are, know who He is, then we can discover the truth on the inside and, and we can have the best supper time of all in communion with the Heavenly Father. And so that's in the movie. And then there's a, at the, over the credits, there's a, um, a version sung by the Aboriginal mob up in Bunjalung. That, and we just left it to them. We said, just do what you want. And so they recorded a, um, they just went real incognito with it. And the first half is in English. And the second half, there's no talking bit. The second half is in the uh, Aboriginal language. And then they sent us the translation, which is nowhere else. But it's like, the translation is, the children are coming home. The children are coming home. And that's all of us, God's children, coming home. Yeah, Brent, yeah, yeah. anyway. It's good. I feel like we could... There, I think the one of the bigger threads and as part of that coming home is the power of story and uh, Brenda found her place in, and kind of her, her place in story and there's the kind of Christian story and where we fit and how we find our place and kind of know that we're coming home uh, by like looking at the biblical story and like mm. um, and, and how that's kind of a grounding for us and knowing uh, where we've come from and God's character and uh, and what we can stand on and where we can discover ourselves so it, we can go through our own version of that transformation journey uh, and ultimately know that we are secure in our faith and our salvation and heading home. Mm. Yeah. Anything to add to the story part? Um, is that yeah, I think, I think in walking with Brenda, I have been on my own journey of discovering my own story <laughs> and connection to who am I and, you know, what's my relationship to my Heavenly Father and my own family and culture and heritage and yep. the like, um, which is, then when I reread the scriptures, it's like a very Jewish thing to do. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. love their genealogies yeah. and their places. Yep. And anyway, um, I reckon that's something we could probably unpack more after the after we've seen the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think there's like, the more I go through life, the more I realize there's incredible power in story. And I think that the biblical stories teach us that. Right? But also that each of us carries our own story and we're also carrying stories of others who've gone before us. You know, and those stories teach us about who we are as a people and who, who I am as an individual, where I fit in the, bigger picture yep. and all those stories keep coming out and replaying themselves so there's, there's power in story and I think that we would do well to uncover those stories very good well I think we will uh, we will fi finish there um, and hopefully that has been an encouragement to you to not only uh, come to to the movie uh, even if you've seen it before like I have uh to, to not only uh, just come because it's a church event, but to invite people 
Uh, and there's probably, hopefully, uh, several different reasons in there that maybe you thought of somebody that would be great to hear that part of the story or that would resonate with them. Uh, so this is very much uh, uh, church, our church participating in the story and what is uh, happening through the film, being part of those conversations, uh, but also creating something that is a space that is easy to bring people to in uh, what is it, a transformational story that will uh, hopefully open up hearts and be a, a starting point for conversation and just a good time with tissues as well. <laughs> like, like you know, love going to the movies and um, yeah. like it's a great, great time is like, you know, there's a blockbuster. It's just a great story and yeah, tissues, um, but bring, bring lots. Um, so just a reminder about those uh, those details, uh, we, we will have them on our website. They are on the uh, screen uh, behind me. So the tickets will be available through our website um, or social links. Like, so not through Hoyts uh, is probably the key point. Um, and I would say that would be fairly... Everyone just heard through Hoyts. Everyone just heard the word through Hoyts. <laughs> not through Hoyts. Not uh, <laughs> through c3norwood.org.au. c3norwood.org.au. <laughs> uh, and so please think about who you can be bringing uh, to participate in the story. Uh, it's to the exclusive Eastern Adelaide screening of The, yeah. the Last Order yeah. uh, on the 21st of June, which is um, basically, uh, what's it, two and a half weeks away. You know, can I just wrap that up by saying that yes. what we are finding in screening the film to other people is this is a story that we have been carrying as Australians, not just Brenda's story. This is a story that sort of lives in our national identity and people find all kinds of different ways to resonate with it. I just got a, like white people included, you know, yep. like um, we got an email this morning that I read to Kirsty and she cried while I was trying to not cry whilst reading it to her. From a from a um, a white woman who had fostered an Aboriginal kid, and the Aboriginal kid had been returned to their family after many years. She felt like she was the mother of that kid, yep. and that she she'd be eleven now. She was taken when she was five, like re returned when she was five, um, and she just expressed her hope to to one day be able to let that kid know she's loved. Yeah, yeah, and it's like. There's two sides to the story. Yeah. There's good and bad in every body and every side. And um, and where there's hurt, there's a longing to heal yeah. and come together. Yeah. So hope, healing, forgiveness, amongst all the other great reasons, great threads that come through. Awesome. <laughs>